0: offer something, offer a dance, we offer songs, we do ceremony there to to reactivate those wisdoms, those energies that are still in the land, still in the stones, still in whatever remnants are there at those sacred sites.
1: listen to your intuition, to quit your slave job, to be brave enough to figure out how to serve your sacred purpose. Welcome back, and welcome back to the Priestess Interviews here at the Silver Lake Priestess Podcast, where I have interviewed a collection of priestesses that also happen to be facilitating and sharing in the Red Tent Priestess Activation that is taking place in Los Angeles this weekend. Before we get started, if you would, take a moment to subscribe to the show. And if you are enjoying it so far, I would love it if you would write a review so that other women that are looking for us can find us. The title of the episode today is called, What is a Bee Priestess? And so, I'm going to share with you my dear friend, Aimee Delphine Lysanthia. We had a lovely interview together the other day, which is now posted on the Silver Lake Priestess YouTube page, and with that, I'll take you over to our interview. Welcome i am jamie black i'm here with the silver lake priestess podcast and today i'm here with ame she is a priestess in more than one way um, i know her as a bee priestess i know her as a priestess of serpents she is going to be facilitating at our red tent priestess activation Ceremony and training weekend in Los Angeles this, Dece- this December seventh, eighth, and 9th, and I have her here to just share, um, to just share some juiciness with all of us. So really honored to have you here.
0: I'm super delighted and honored. Thank you for welcoming me to share and speaking my language. Juiciness is one of my favorite <laughs> words. So
1: so. I have been having some different priestesses on the show, um, uh, specifically women that are going to be facilitating with us this weekend, Um, but um, also just creating some awareness um, with my own writings and my own sharing about what is a priestess and what is this priestess path. And so many of us are just waking up to it. There are some of us that have been on the path already, but there are so many women out there that are like, what is that? And they're starting to wake up to it and they have questions. And so part of all of this is um, to share and to, to be a guide and just to just be inspiration because um, we, all, we, all are learn, we all learn and are inspired from someone else that is doing something similar to what we want to be doing. So, um, so with that, I would just, I'm going to ask you about your own personal experiences and all of that. But just to start, what does the term priestess mean to you?
0: To me, the term priestess uh, means I see a woman embodied in her sacredness who is connected to divine source. And walking a sacred path in sacred service to Mother Earth and to all beings. Mm -hmm. A woman who invokes the divine for her work, for her community, uh, for the highest good of all, for the healing, for the harmony, and for um, our whole collective evolution into... Our highest expression.
1: I totally resonate with that. Um, so, about your own personal journey to walking a priestess path, mm-hmm. or even to just discovering that you that you were and that you are, or that you feel called to, what was your what was that like for you? What was what was your first experience?
0: It's or been you know? yeah, it's yeah. been a very unexpected. Um, discovery that I would say came to me um, and it arose during a healing journey Um, 10 years ago uh, I was in a coma for 3 days and that was a big catalyst for everything just completely broke open Um, and if I can backtrack a little bit back to, I mean it was part of a maybe rerouting of my life, um, like spirit saying, okay, now's the time to to remember. But it was, the seeds were already within me Um, growing up on the East Coast in a um, very rural part of the Eastern part of Long Island. My favorite thing as a little girl was to dance in the garden barefoot with the sun and the flowers and the air and just completely <clears throat> yeah being being free in in nature and communing in that I think I was already in that oneness of nature with the with the honeybees which would sting me on my feet I'm sorry mm. to say I was uh, stepping on them so that was my communion with the bees from a young age so I danced a lot that was my great love and I danced my way to college I was called from my own calling to go to a woman's college and uh, became really enamored with art history while I was there and they put up on the screen an image of a woman holding snakes it's the, the snake goddess of Minoan Crete this, you know, um, a figurine of a woman with a flounced skirt, bare breasted Holding these snakes in her hands. And I thought, wow, <laughs> what is this? I've never seen anything like this in my life. Um, you know, such a strong presence of this woman, fully in her womanness, connected with the serpents, and that to me represented all of nature. And the way the professors described it was and this is like 2000 BC or so in Crete, um, in Greece that um, this was a period of 2,000 years of a matriarchal civilization that lived in harmony with each other and harmony with nature. And it landed so potently within me that, wow, there's so much wisdom and there's, you know, really something golden here. I, I want to know more about it. What, you know, what is that? It really hit me strongly, but... I was 19, and I didn't fully know what to do with that, but that potent seed was was planted deep within me. So, um, you know, I went about my life. I was in the interior design world for a while, internationally traveling, which was fantastic, and um, got married and had a beautiful son, and in the initiation of becoming a mother... Uh, a lot of things started opening up for me again and realizing kind of the amazingness of a woman's body uh, our moon cycles and our ability to create whether we have children or not we have this innate design to create and to nurture and um, I just became renewed in my fascination with what is it to be a woman And as I was nursing a lot, my son, um, I started reading a lot because he would take lots of naps. And so I would hold him and and read. And books started coming to me, like uh, When God Was a Woman by Merlin Stone. That hit me really strongly. And another one was The Woman's Book of Holy Mysteries. The Holy Book of Women's Mysteries, excuse me, by Z. Budapest. So um, many of these books started coming to me, and I was getting really really excited about this again not knowing what to do with it um, but then that unthinkable um, going into a coma uh, was kind of a perfect storm of things happening but I look at it now as another initiation it was mm-hmm. almost like the universe putting me into this Cave to go within myself, and perhaps to commune with spirit, and perhaps to get some reminders. I'm not entirely sure what happened in those three days. I don't fully remember, um, but I know when I woke up and miraculously was in fine order. Um, a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of, the whole world looked utterly different, and and I actually that was the beginning of the unraveling. The, the coma was actually the beginning of um, my becoming completely splayed out in many directions like just everything opened up. I had massive anxiety issues which now I interpret as a Kundalini awakening it was not it was not a medicalized thing. this was energy moving through me um, that I was waking up to and trying to learn how to navigate and manage and um, it was it was fully a rebirth process of not my <clears throat> re reorganizing myself, rewiring myself, re um, re-remembering myself and um, wow. coming into I feel like the past ten years have been my coming into what what is my true life's purpose here what what can I do um, you know on a grander scheme that's part of my, my true calling to follow my true soul's calling. And I'm really grateful to have been, um, been supported in that and, and have all the synchronicities aligned to come to me. Um, I was having lots of dreams and people showing up in my life that guided me. I started having a lot of dreams about Greece and synchronicities about Crete. I, I was learning piano at the time, and I, was, I kept hearing this song, and I thought, oh, I want to learn that on the piano. So I told my piano teacher, and she said, oh, that's Eric Satie. I'll go get the, the sheet music. So she comes to me with the sheet music of Eric Satie, and uh, on the cover of the sheet music, it says Nosien, which I knew what that meant it was his time at the Palace of Knossos, which was the high palace of the Minoan civilization of Crete, where this snake goddess wow. was found. I'm getting chills all over my body and even just remembering that. And um, it was my piano teacher, I told her, I said, I'm having all these synchronicities about Crete. And um, she said, oh, you need to meet my friend who leads women's pilgrimages to Crete. And so I've been um, fortunate to be able to go on four pilgrimages to Crete, to be in those places, to re-remember and and reactivate and commune with... They were the bee priestesses and the snake priestesses.
1: What happens to you when you go there?
0: It feels like home. Uh, And yet it feels different. I I feel like it's it's a familiar place to me, but yet it feels different, almost as though I had lived there before and have other memories of it. Um, While I'm there, I, I, I love to just walk around and, and bask in the feeling of it, but also to, to, if we can, you know, reactivate that wisdom from that period, um, and have it ripple out mm-hmm. that uh, that feels really resonant to something that I'm called to do.
1: So on that first journey that you went over there with that women's group, was that mm-hmm. very, was that itself like very awakening for you? You'd been doing some reading and everything before then, but then going there and like having the visceral experience, um, f- like for me, <clears throat> there was this uh, memories and experience that I was carrying inside my body for a mm-hmm. long time. And I've shared before, um, I believe on the show, that up until recently I've, I'd never met other women in my life that had these same experiences and same memories. So um, it was just all very romantic to me. And I was mm-hmm. like, oh, you know, I was a healer in my past life and I was a priestess in my past life. And um, it was just very romantic and it actually like, fed into my music. But it wasn't until I went, and I haven't been to Crete, but I went to Glastonbury, England, into Avalon. And it was, I was excited to be going there for sure. But it was, wasn't until I stepped off the bus and stepped onto the land, like it pulled tears, mm. but like out of my chest. Mm-hmm. It just like pulled. And um, it was very intense. And it put me in this, this state of, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't even sadness that I was feeling, but it was some sort of just like really intense awareness also of coming home, mm. coming back to a place where there was so much of me already. Mm. And yeah, that's been, um, I think is really important for us to visit these places. And sometimes we're visiting places that we don't actually realize that we have a past. Mm. There, it seems like that's probably the reason that's calling us there in the first place, but that's only hindsight, you know, when you're going, it's just, you're going to, you know, you're gonna see something beautiful or have this wonderful experience, but not so um, aware that you're gonna have this like awakening. You have, I've seen so many of your pictures of you in these incredible places, these sacred sites. Um, One of them that I've used to post and share about you that has you with this drum, Mm-hmm. At these, like with these, with these columns um, and just to see something like that is so activating. Mm-hmm. It just moves it inside of me. And so I'm like, what is it like when you're there? What is it like when you're drumming there? And also, I'd love to know of some of the other places that you've been to mm-hmm. as well.
0: Uh, well, the picture that you're referring to, that was um, in Delphi in Greece. So I have this connection with the Oracle of Delphi, which again is also related to the bees and the serpents. Um, but in that particular site was the temple of um, Athena Pronaya, which is dedicated, as I understand it, to the Earth Mother. And and it's a little bit off of, I believe it was a place probably where the pilgrims came and it was maybe one of the earlier temples, they would come and, And get clear perhaps on their prayers or what they were going to ask the oracle and then they would go to the fountain and then they would go up higher on the mountain to the oracle but in this particular place I felt called it was a circular temple and I felt called to drum and I I did kind of a drum procession around the perimeter of this circular temple and as I started drumming and I was barefoot and connecting with the Earth, and there were not many people around. Um, and I was, I was grateful that the guards weren't, um, that they were okay with me doing this. So as I'm drumming, walking around the circle, I just felt this strong surge of energy through my body of calling in the women, calling in the women to um, be here and commune with Mother Earth and and bring us all into deeper connection with Mother Earth. And as I'm drumming and feeling this just within myself, a woman who I didn't know from, as she just must have been on the site, she started coming towards me and came with me. And as I came to the end of the circle and was drumming in place and singing, she just stood with me and held space. And when I completed what I felt was, um, was coming through, she looked at me and, and bowed and, and said, um, you know, thank you. And we had never exchanged any words, but it was just as though she felt, she could feel what was happening and she was called to be there. And it really, um, yeah, it really touched my, my heart. That's beautiful. Yeah. Maybe you were together there before. Before. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. So... Something that I've been learning about only just recently mm-hmm. is that the bees and the serpents go together in a way. I don't know if that's the right word to say, but um, you know what I mean. Um, and could you tell us a little
0: bit about that? It's a deep mystery that I've been still trying to figure out. Um, and the, I had been, I think initially called by the serpent um, but then the bees came in really strongly because in the, the women that, um, that I do work with, um, we hum a lot. We bring in the honey hum of the bees and the, and the, the magic of that matriarchal civilization of, of the bee community, the, the queen bee, I see her as meditating on love all day as she's birthing all of um, the baby bees who I see as priestesses and and the male bees as as priests. Um, it's a very holy, holy community in sacred service to um, the higher good. And they live, you know, they live this life of love. They love each other. They love what they do. They love uh, dancing with the flowers and creating sweetness and lusciousness and medicine. Um, and so i was really drawn into the the bee world by a lot of other synchronicities and um, came into some really deep healing with the bees and, and still still wondered why in crete you know and in delphi why is the, bee the the oracle of delphi was called the delphic bee but there's you know this strong serpent energy why do they keep coming keep coming up together um, there's so much medicine uh, in both of them, but there—it feels like there's there are energetic principles of why they are um, they are coming together, and um, yeah, it's a it's a beautiful, deep, potent mystery of balance and healing. Actually, I was reading in—I'm um, forgetting the name of the book at the moment. The cosmic serpent, uh-huh. talking about the serpent as our DNA spiral, um, and on that DNA spiral are the hexagons. So there's the the serpent as the spiral and the hexagon as the bee, right on our on our DNA. How interesting! Mm.
1: And right, they both um, represent the feminine. Mm-hmm. for sure because the serpent is one of like our oldest symbols of the goddess of the feminine of shakti mm-hmm. of um feminine sexuality mm-hmm. and then the bees i i think we had talked about this before and so but i had um i had uh a beekeeper uh benjamin pixie mm-hmm. i i had uh went to a gathering of his and um, got to learn a lot about bees from him. And he was talking about um, how many thousands of bees are in a hive. And the most of them are female. Mm -hmm. And then there's a very small percentage of those bees that are male, that are the priests that you were talking about. And Mm -hmm. they're the ones that stay outside the hive and that they protect. Um, But it was almost like, The number inside was thousands and thousands, and the number outside was maybe like 600 Mm -hmm. of the men. So it is, and obviously the queen, she's the queen mother. So Mm -hmm. um, definitely for uh, priestesses and working with the energies of these two, which I'm kind of just starting myself, and I've done a little bit more work with the serpent than the bees, but actually meeting you has brought me into um, this world of... um, Bees and ceremony with them and honey ceremony. So mm-hmm. you're going to be leading. You're going to be leading in both of those ceremonies. You're going to be leading the serpent initiation. Um, do you want to tell us about
0: that? Um, I would love to. Um, the <clears throat> I'm doing um, work as uh, in training as uh, Pythoness, and oh. this is about um, embodying this earth serpent, um, bringing this energy into our body. And I would like to share a little story. I had uh, an amazing opportunity to offer a dance um, in honor of a a sculpture that was being rededicated in Greece on this amazing rock uh, where a beautiful artist, Beachley Hamilton had sculpted a serpent. And she invited me to, Offer a, a dance to rededicate it. And so it was the perfect opportunity to really allow that serpent to move through me in this incredible setting with sun and the, the ocean waves and um, the wind, all the elements were present. And this <clears throat> vital life force energy came through my body as i was dancing this serpent through my body really you know feeling feeling that earth serpent energy through my body and i feel like that was the completion of the 10 years of my healing journey in a way in the sense that i was finally fully in my body i think there's something for me anyway, in this journey with the serpent about um, fully being in that sensual experience of being in our bodies and being connected with the earth and drawing in that vital life force energy into us. And so that is um, a big part of, of what I'm going to be sharing and, and bringing forth.
1: That makes sense, right? I mean, we're in, we're, we are spirit incarnating in a human body to Mm -hmm. be in the body. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so there's so many things that happen to cause us to move out of it, whether we've been through trauma and we don't want to connect with what everything feels like in our body, Um, pain, trauma, things that happened when we were younger, or Mm -hmm. also maybe just like naturally somebody doesn't, so we might be like very airy. And um, I know I am. I mean, it's hard for me to stay in my body. I'm like, I like to be up here and actually like what it feels like up here. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's also reasons to be in the body and you stand more in your power when you're in your body. And you know, our Shiva and Shakti energy uh, is is the Kundalini serpents that are in our body. If we're in there, then we can be working with that energy. Interesting. So I am opening up the Friday night for women that are not able to come to the whole training Mm. to come and join us on the Friday night. I did an interview with Jessica Forrest, who is, um, she is the keeper of six serpents Mm. right now. So we talked, we got to see the serpents, one of them, and she got to just tell us about them and how she takes care of them and their energy. And so, of course, you know for some people, it's really exciting. It's mm-hmm. the selling point. It's the reason why they want to come to the training. Mm-hmm. And then there's other people that are messaging me afterwards, being like, is it going to bite me? Do I have mm-hmm. to dance with it? Um, and then, you know, I've shared, like, my own experience of how, uh, just how incredible it was for me and that there was mm-hmm. fear at first. I didn't go into it being afraid of the snake, but being in the room, you're having a visceral reaction mm-hmm. to the snake or maybe you're not super afraid but somebody else is and it's Mm this thing that we are all doing together and so there's all this energy that is up and um so tell us a little bit about what we're going to do so dance has been a very big part of your life movement and Mm -hmm. dance and dancing is part of Mm -hmm. the way that we're going to move and interact Mm -hmm. with Mm -hmm. the serpents so um, just for somebody who like might be listening to like okay well I want to know what are we like what are we doing so that I can prepare um, what are we going to do
0: um, well I would also like to share a little bit about my first experience dancing oh, with a serpent yes um, because I my whole life I would have said I'm afraid of snakes I you know step on a snake in the garden and ice cream and um, did you yeah, in East, on the East Coast, so it wasn't poisonous or anything. But living in California, I've, you know, come across some rattlesnakes, and I'm, I'm scared. I honor them and give them their space. So even though um, when I was having this opportunity to dance with the ball pythons and everyone said, you know, they're completely safe, I still had that programming of, oh, snake. Um, you know, I'm, there was fear, there was anxiety. I was already having a lot of issues with anxiety. But I felt... Um, safely held, and uh, the folks who had the snakes were watching, and um, the first thing we did was we laid on the floor and just allowed the snakes to move on us, and the slow, pulsing, undulating, sensual presence, they were just so present in this timeless space that I immediately was able to just relax and, and feel more comfortable in my body as they were comfortable in their bodies. I was able to tune in with that um, just, you know, in a relaxed communing kind of a way. And then um, when we actually got to dance with them, and I, I was super open at that time. Um, I could really just be in in that world. It was a gift um, I think that I was able to tune in at that level and and still can because they put me in this place of uh this timelessness and and this sensual kind of experience of you know their skin and the way they move so slowly, but also knowing. That they could move fast if they wanted Mm -hmm. to there's that there's that lightning energy in there too which i think is the you know part of that life force energy it's the same energy that that has the sprouts of the plants you know grow it's the same Mm -hmm. the same energy so yeah i completely fell in love to my huge surprise
1: (laughs) um and then did you start dancing regularly yeah,
0: serpent. I would have loved to, and I'm still on the verge of uh, having my own. In fact, Jessica is mm-hmm. coaching me a little bit mm-hmm. on, on the ways to um, to care for them. I've had some hesitation on the feeding ritual.
1: Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I would too. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So I just I I'm grateful when someone else has a serpent that I can visit and dance with, commune with. Um, but yeah, I would like to have that as a more of a regular part of my life. I felt that
1: experience also. Mm. Um, after, after my first experience it's like, there was, there was euphoria involved and it was, um, I could feel, I could still feel the presence of that magic of that energy and of that being that was on me. And, um, also, you know, the, for me, it was really working through fear mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, the second time, which was a few months later that I danced with uh, one of the same snakes in the family of the snakes that I had danced with a few months before, um, I thought I was just going to be, like, good to go. I was like, okay, I've already done this. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm not afraid of the snake now, so I'm ready. And it was a surprise to me that I still had, like, for me, experienced some paralysis. So I... I don't necessarily want to stand in front of a whole bunch of people and dance and have them all looking at me. I'm still a little bit shy about the performing part of it, but I am comfortable moving my body in front of people, and especially women. I've done a lot of, like, dancing in clubs and dancing in dance classes and things like that. So after I realized I wasn't afraid of the snakes, then I was like, oh, this is going to be so amazing because I'm going to be able to, like, move with this with the snake with me and no it was I still had just a bunch of like energy come up a bunch of fear Mm -hmm. and resistance come up Mm -hmm. and you know what happens in those moments is just you know you sink in you link in with that animal you're not well with the serpent you're not trying to have your own dance and then this thing is just on you it's Mm -hmm. also like very important for you this is what I felt that I needed to be moving with the snake so I, I was forgiving with myself in that way. But at the same time, I was like, wow, this is really showing me how much fear is in my body. Mm -hmm. And when I get around the serpents, it brings up, it's almost like it activates them and it heats it up Mm -hmm. and it like rises. And it's up here in my body where I can deal with it. It's not Mm -hmm. trapped someplace. Um, So for me, I'm like, I know that when I finally don't have that fear come up, that means that I've worked through it in my life. So I'm really, I'm really excited to have met Jessica Mm -hmm. and that she has all of these serpents um, and does lots of events with sharing them with people and so that we can dance with them because I'm really wanting to move that energy in my life. Um, So are we going to be,
0: are we going to be dancing? We'll be dancing. And uh, if I might drop in a little something that was helpful to me the first time, in coming into this kind of partnership experience with the with the serpent, um, it was helpful for me to just start thinking of myself as a tree. I was mm-hmm. just being there with my branches to help support the serpent, and and hold that kind of intention. Which, you know, then I started breathing into the ground, into my roots, and feeling a little bit more. Relaxed, and then you know, as the serpent moved, then I would start to move with the serpent, and it became it became a co-creative um, flow that just arose naturally in the in the communion.
1: The idea of being supportive to the snake is is beautiful,
0: mm. um,
1: really helpful. It really changes like one's perspective. The That's beautiful. So we're going to um, have that experience on the Friday night. And this will be also like the beginning of our weekend. So that's one of the reasons why I did want to offer it at first. I experienced a weekend that way myself. And we just happened to be doing Dancing with the Serpents at first. And it was Mm -hmm. so great for opening us up individually, opening us up to each other, all Mm -hmm. the women that are going to be there And opening us up for the transformation that was going to happen um, for the weekend coming. So on the Saturday, we are going to be doing a honey ceremony. Mm. So honoring the bees and participating in the sweetness that they create. Um, What can you share with us about that?
0: I Yeah, the bees are um, my teachers, and I have such... High respect for them and the medicine that they've brought to me and honoring the, the seasonal cycles of, of their life is what I bring into these honey ceremonies. Um, so it's it's about the bees and the sweetness that they create. It's also about us and the sweetness that we create. So we'll be honoring ourselves and our creative cycles in tune with the earth, in tune with the rhythms of nature. Um, so taking the honey as a sacrament and an, and an honoring to all that we do in, in creating the gardens of our lives and honoring the visions that that we can bring forth in what we will create in the coming year. will be um, in the wintertime now, so we'll be honoring a bit of the feeling of the bees in their hibernation state where they are communing with the flower spirits and dreaming into the world what will what will they create in the spring what will we create in the spring we don't have to decide now but we can we can honor our dreams and enhance our enhance our going within as they go within in the winter time there's there's a beauty and a depth to our going inside and taking time to honor ourselves and um, feeling that deeply and knowing that the, the time that we can spend in the quiet within will only benefit us in the coming spring as the, if you think of how we have a really wonderful night's sleep, what difference that makes for the next day. So the wintertime is like our night. So we, we can recharge ourselves in this season to prepare for the spring ahead.
1: We did some of that in the the ceremony that I attended of yours just recently, and it was very healing and it was very deep, Mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons I'm offering it in the training um, well, you're offering it, but, like, I wanted to have you to offer it um, for us because we all need that. Mm-hmm. We need that. in our culture as well, here living in Los Angeles, we don't really experience the weather of winter. So we're just like ongoing summer and it's hot and there's traffic, and we're just driving and creating our businesses and and and. Yes. And so, um, this is also an experience for women to be awakened and activated and healed so we're mm-hmm. opening and then so that we can go even deeper and so that we can heal into those places that need to be healed so just Absolutely. like what you're saying so that when the rest time is complete then mm-hmm. we're we we have more to offer yes we're hot, we're offering from a place of wholeness mm-hmm. so another thing i would like to ask you just because the topic of honey yes. is sensitive for people. Mm. So, so many of us are vegetarian nowadays. So many of us are vegan nowadays. And mm. so, um, I know that you source your honey from just because I, I, um, we connected that we had, uh, experienced like teachings and honey ceremony from uh, Benjamin P- Pixie. Mm. Um, but if you would just tell us, you know, a little bit about that, cause some people might be like, okay, we are honoring the bees. And then. you're taking your honey and people are really defensive about that which is beautiful Mm. but there is uh safe ways and people that like live in harmony
0: yes absolutely and i i prefer to um use the honey of folks that i know are honoring the bees and creating a, a sacred um hive sanctuary for the bees and it's all done very ethically and um with deep with deep honor um so yeah, only taking, the, only taking their overflow so that they have enough of their stores for the winter um, to get through to the spring. Um, yeah, only working with smaller producers and folks that um, yeah honor the bees as, as sacred. And that's important. Mm-hmm. Because one bee's life, one honeybee will only produce one twelfth of a teaspoon of honey in her entire lifetime. So when we have one twelfth of a teaspoon
1: wow. of
0: honey, that's her entire life's work. So to honor that in, in their creation, um, it's all precious gold. Yeah, wow. And you have bees. I'm yeah, blessed to have bees on my land. They are to me like angelic emissaries of love and to have them on my land feels um, like a huge blessing yeah. for the, <clears throat> the energy that they put into the air, for the fruit trees on my land, um, even just being able to stand by the hives and smell the aroma of the honey and to hum with them and, and just sit with them and be with them is um, beautiful medicine for me. Wow.
1: You've written a book about bees, or a bee, I'll let you tell us about it.
0: Um, yeah, yeah, that was um, um, one of my trips to Crete. I my son was still small at the time. We had been reading a lot of books, and when I was in Crete, I was really tuning in with the bees and thinking about the life cycle of the bees, and feeling the huge inspiration of, particularly those. Moments when a young bee, she spent three weeks in the hive, just living in the hive with her family, doing all the tasks within the hive. And then at some moment, she's being called to step out of the hive and go out into the unknown to forage for the nectar and the pollen for her family. And what is it like, that crossing of the threshold, to go out into the big world, into the unknown, and it was inspiring me as I was stepping out into the unknown in my life and you know, how inspirational that would be, particularly for children. And it is, it's a children's book, but it's an epically long mm-hmm. story. Is ideally for adults to read to children because there's, there are bits of wisdoms um, for all ages in there. Um, yeah, it was, it was a beautiful journey to tune in with the bees on a deeper level to write the book, which is how the bees came to be on my land, just so I could sit with them and listen, and listen for their stories. And, um, a lot of wonderful people, um, showed up in, in my life to help guide me and help me learn more about the bees. So I really see it also like the bees. It was a, it was a community effort of, of creation, um, to try to bring forth a, a story. It's, a bit like a heroine's journey in the sense that the main character, Melissa, which means honeybee in Greek, um, uh, her, her journey of, of uh, living a life for the greater good, for the whole, for the oneness of her, of her family and all the other hives and the gardens and how, how everything can flourish when we're all in sacred honoring of life.
1: May we see it? Oh, here okay, it is. We have a, yes.
0: Copy right so um, what is it called, and how can people find it? Okay. <clears throat> it's called The Amazing Adventures of Melissa B. with fabulous artwork by Tim Lukowiak, the amazing artist. It is available on the website, amazingmelissab.com, and in other uh, fabulous outlets, retail um, places and the audio book is in the last final stages of um editing so hopefully are that's you doing going the to, audio i, oh, I did the recording of the audio and it's about an hour and a half long it's an epically long story um, and it was really great fun to to do the recording hopefully that's going to be up on um, audible soon fingers crossed um, How exciting. Yeah. That's so beautiful. Yeah. Um, so my
1: mother, her name is, is Deborah, but she goes by uh, Debbie. Yeah. And, um, so just recently learning that Melissa means bee priestess. Honey, honey, well it honey, it means bee. It,
0: literally, it means the one who works the honey. Meli in Greek means honey. So okay. Melissa is the female who works the honey. But, um, The bee priestesses historically were called Melissa's. And And Deborah in Hebrew also means bee priestess. Bee priestess. Mm -hmm.
1: So that was exciting for me to share that with my mom. Mm. And um, my mom has, um, she really connects with the bee. And uh, so I'm going to get this bird. Oh, lovely. She will love this. And so show us this other book that you have here. So you were talking about your, um, the experience of uh, doing that dance mm-hmm. um, and working with Serpent Energy and having mm-hmm. it close or like kind of complete that 10-year journey that you had gone through. Is this, so you're featured in this book. This is called yeah. The Heart of the Goddess. I'll let you say her name yeah. so I don't say
0: it incorrectly. Well, I um, I'm not entirely sure. I believe it's Hallie Ingelhart Austin. Okay. Um, I've yet to meet her. It's quite um, a magical honor that the photograph appeared in this book. Um, it was originally released, I believe, in the '80s. Um, oh wow! And so this is a re-release, and they, they have included. Added... Yeah, they included um, this picture from it, that day. And this is that day that you were talking about. Yeah, the day. With Vijayle Hamilton rededicating her serpent sculpture, and I'm just so tickled that uh, it's on a page called "The Goddess Is Alive." So and there she is. <laughs> the what an honor! Goddess is alive on the earth, and we are bringing her forth in all ways for everyone to benefit. We are. So something else.
1: Another. Uh, another. Wonderful, exciting uh, part of the experience is that you were going to play the gong for us. Mm. So um, I've got to experience sound healing with you playing the gong before, um, and I've heard I've heard the gong as an instrument. I've definitely heard it before, but I have not gone to sound healing experiences with the gong um, until I went to yours. And what an incredible experience that was! But I know that from you that there's something called a gong college and this is actually a very serious
0: study so um, tell us a little Mm. bit about that yeah I'm delighted to be um in the midst of that now and um yeah the gong it's a little bit of a surprise to me uh that I'm on that path I've been um working with the frame drum as the B priestesses uh used which we'll be doing in this weekend as well um and the gong surprisingly came to me, but it completely makes sense. It's another trans-dimensional um, object that, is, that creates a vortex of energy and vibration that permeates the space. Um, so for me, it, again, it connects in with the honeybees, with the oneness, with that, that wholeness of the circle and the vibration i think of the you know the bees on the honeycomb they're feeling the vibration of the wings and the humming and the buzzing of their whole family so when they're on that honeycomb they feel the comfort of that vibration and so it makes sense to me as as a dancer and my joy of being in a space where the music is permeating my whole body i feel a similar sensation when i'm in this bath of the vibration of the gong um this kind of um like a blanket of a of a feeling of connection and warmth and um nurturing uh yeah it's uh it's a beautiful space to be to be in
1: it was also very otherworldly like Mm. sometimes when I hear that term I think of like ancient times or something but no this was like Uh, Vortex is interesting that you say that because I'm like, yeah, Yeah. it's, it, it puts you in a a non-time space Mm. and, you know, as your body can like completely relax and then feel held Mm. with this vibration, but what your mind does is something very interesting. It was like um, a lot of dreaming, but it was open rather even than my mind focusing on like a certain idea and having a dream experience in that way, it was, it was, it was so vast and it was so open mm. and uh, j- just healing in that sense that. Um,
0: yeah. The expansiveness, yeah. Like the, the feeling that we are more than just our bodies. We are in this vast space connected with the cosmos and. uh, Cosmos for sure.
1: Yes. That is something that you feel, you feel that connection. So Mm -hmm. I am so excited for all of the magic that you are bringing. Um, I am so inspired by you and your process and how, Mm -hmm. how deep and how real and how sacred it is. Mm -hmm. I feel that when I'm in your presence Mm -hmm. and so It's just going to be, you know, so exciting to share you with everyone in the physical. Mm -hmm. And I'm so honored to have you come and share with us on the show. And so, yeah, anyone out there that is listening to this, we are recording about a week before. Um, I still have a few spaces open if you'd like to join us for the entire training. And like I said, I am opening the Friday night up. So we have... I think for this particular thing that we're doing, we have a bit of space where I can take in, um, at least a handful of girls that want to come just for the Friday night. And what is amazing about that is you'll get to meet all of the different priestesses that are going to be there. We are going to have a new moon circle. Um, and then we will start with the, with the serpent dancing. And so, thank you. Thank you. I honor you and I see you and, um,
0: Thank you for all the work that you're doing to bring us all together. Mm. Um, yeah, I'm really deeply grateful. Thank you. Well, thank you. Blessing
1: be to it's everyone good. out there and listening. And we will see you all soon. You can support this podcast by going to patreon.com and patreon.com forward slash Jamie Black would be the page to do it. There is a place there that you can subscribe to donating to the podcast and you can also donate to the music as well and jamie is spelled j-a-i-m-e